Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 444 Friday, January 15th. Today on the show, the Nashville Predators got their season started off right on Thursday night. The Jacksonville Jaguars have hired Urban Meyer to be their head coach. But first, we talk with ESPN's Teron Davenport about the major coaching decisions Mike Vrabel is going to make for the Tennessee Titans. The 440 is constructed every Monday through Friday for you by the Kingston Group. I know that you listen to this show because you want honesty, authenticity, and critical thinking without being yelled at. This is why I've partnered with the Kingston Group. It's a Nashville-based custom home and remodeling firm that packages high-quality craftsmanship with high-quality care and thoughtful attention to detail. So go check out the website, buildkg.com, and let their work do the talking. Let's talk Titans coaching staff and the two biggest decisions facing Mike Vrabel and John Robinson. Who should replace Arthur Smith as the team's offensive coordinator when he leaves to become a head coach? And do they need to make some changes to the defensive staff? Let's bring in ESPN's Teron Davenport to give us some insight into what should happen on the defensive side of the ball, as well as what the Titans should be looking for from a schematic and strategic standpoint in replacing Arthur Smith. Well, I think as long as they have 22 back there, Derrick Henry, they need to focus on someone who is going to be willing to run the football and not only run it, but run it often. So that will kind of cut out some of the, the options that will be out there. But it's really important to maintain that balance that Arthur Smith has brought to the offense. You look at the turnaround since week six of 2019 season, it's, it's just been crazy. And then just even look at the overall stats. You had Derrick Henry had the fifth best rushing season in the history of the game. The fifth best. Only four guys had a better season than him. So especially with what Mike Vrabel, the physical nature that he wants to play with. So that being said, I think the best way to do it, to be honest with you, is promote from within. And there are a few names. Pat O'Hara obviously comes to mind. He had coached in the arena league a bit. He's the QB coach now. He's someone. Todd Downing obviously has been an OC before. He filled that role with the Raiders, and he did a solid job with the tight ends after Arthur Smith ascended to the to the OC job. But I think a guy you really have to look at is Keith Carter. And when you look at him, the offensive line coach, you have to remember he has ties back to Kyle Shanahan. And, and Kyle Shanahan has a golden ticket. If you worked with him or, or, or worked with uh, my man out there in L.A., uh, Sean McVay, you have an automatic inside track. But then in addition to that, he is – the offensive line coach, he has a lot to do with the success that that team had running the football. And, and you have to look at what he's done with some of the guys that he's worked with. I mean, Braden, they went from Taylor Lewan to Ty Sambrello to David Quesenberry, who was on the practice squad at left tackle. Also, look at the progress that Nate Davis had at right guard. He's now one of the best interior offensive linemen in the league. Should have been a pro bowler so I think those are things you have to look at and that's why he's a guy that that I think would be an excellent candidate as well exterior Pep Hamilton is someone you I, I think you have to look at you know because what he's been able to do working with quarterbacks Andrew Luck you look at his work this past season with Justin Herbert and obviously you want to make it as Tannehill friendly as possible you know I, I think the defensive coordinator conversation was blown way out of proportion because I just don't I think I don't think what your title is matters at all to what actually happens throughout the course of a week so just give somebody on the staff the title just give Shane Bowen the title of defensive coordinator and we can put that conversation to bed 
I mean, that's something you could do, but I think somebody like D'Amico Ryan should absolutely be considered. You look at him in, in, in San Francisco, or even you look at like what he's done with those inside linebackers there. Fred Warner is one of the best inside linebackers in the game. He wasn't a, 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 a day one pick. He developed him. I think he's a guy you have to look at. As a matter of fact, Mike Vrabel had pushed to, to get him before on that staff, but San Francisco blocked it. You look at Gerard Mayo. He's someone else that they should look at. Jim Leonard at, at, at Wisconsin. That's another one that, that they need to look at from the college level. There are multiple guys. James Betcher, a guy that Mike Vrabel was interested in when he first got the job, but he won the ultimate prize and got Dean Pease. So there are some options that I think would be best for him to go to. Special thanks to Teron Davenport from ESPN for giving us a few minutes of his time. There you have it. Those are some names to consider and keep in mind as the news unfolds around the Titans coaching staff over the next few days. There was no way around the weirdness at Bridgestone Arena on Thursday night. Hockey is back, and that is a genuinely good thing for our city. And I think fans should be excited not only about the new look Predators, but also the new layout of the entire sport this year. But that was unlike any opening night in Smashville that I have ever been a part of. An empty arena sitting in an empty downtown is a jarring visual. It's even more jarring when the music shuts down between the whistles, and you can actually hear the players talking to each other on the ice from the 300 level. In fact, the Preds decided to subtly pipe in some ambient crowd noise in the second period, and it actually totally helped the vibe. Add in that Pecorine wasn't in net for the home opener for the first time since 2010, and you've got one of the more memorable nights of hockey I've ever experienced. As far as the actual game goes, the Preds won 3-1. to one. There really isn't anything to be learned after one game. We will need time to learn anything, frankly. Well, other than Philip Forsberg's mustache is in midseason form. UC Saros was excellent for most of the night. Dante Fabro made a pretty big mistake that led to a goal in the first period. The new faces made a big impact as Eric Halla and Luke Cunnan combined on the first goal of the season. And Forsberg made a Forsberg type of play to win the game, leaving a steaming pile of Blue Jackets in his wake. However, I do feel comfortable saying that those are three of the many things that will have to happen to the Predators this season if they want to make the playoffs. The Johansson line has to score all of the time. One of the new faces, if not two, will have to provide offense, and Saros will have to be the player he was under John Hines last year and not the guy from the first half of the season. Otherwise, it was a good quality team win, a little bit sloppy, but pretty solid, considering this team has been playing hockey together for about a week, and it feels like half the starting lineup is new. So you take your win, and you take your two points, and you move on. Basically, there are two real takeaways from Thursday night's opener at the Stone. Number one, it is great to have hockey back in Nashville. And number two, that was weird as shit. The Jaguars have hired Urban Meyer to be their new head football coach. Reminder, the Jags have the number one pick in the draft, a.k.a. Trevor Lawrence, and almost $80 million in cap space, the most in the NFL entering 2021. There is no doubt that Urban Meyer is one of the best college football coaches of our generation. Over the last 15 years, he is probably the second best coach in his sport to only Nick Saban. Three championships over that span at two different institutions proves as much. However, there is zero proof that elite success in the college game will translate to the pro game. Nick Saban, Steve Spurrier, Bobby Petrino, Doug Marone, Chip Kelly, and Greg Schiano all failed in the NFL. Matt Rule with Carolina is still very much an incomplete after just one season. Really, Pete Carroll is the only one to do it, and he was forced out of USC because of NCAA issues and had previously been a head coach in the NFL already. 
Jim Harbaugh is the weirdest case study. He's probably the only other guy in this discussion outside of Carroll who has had success on both levels. Three NFC title games and a Super Bowl appearance is better than Saban, Spurrier, and Petrino combined in the NFL. So really, no one has ever proven this type of transition can be done. Now, with spread elements coursing through the NFL like the coronavirus, I would say that the environment is better suited for a guy like Meyer than probably ever before. However, the other reason Meyer and many of the best college football coaches win at such a ridiculous clip is that they simply have better players than a majority of the opponents that they face. And this aspect of coaching in the NFL is what's different. Can Meyer build an elite staff, create a professional culture, and out-scheme his peers when budgets, salary caps, and player acquisition options are all equal? And oh, by the way, in the NFL, you have to be transparent about everything. You can't hide anything like you can in college. So a real fact-based case can be made against Meyer finding any success in the AFC South, especially with an organization as poorly run as the Jaguars. This is all, of course, without mentioning a single thing about, let's call them, personality quirks. The fact that he looks like he's going to die when he loses one football game. That he's recruited and supported extremely questionable characters throughout his entire career. Who knows, maybe his profound lack of human decency actually sets him up perfectly for life in the NFL. No, I'm only kidding, Herbs. The truth is that no one has any clue if he will be successful in the NFL. But I, for one, am super intrigued to see the experiment play out, though. But if you're going strictly based on history and facts, this is a guy who wins championships, then quits in fairly short order due in large part to personal issues and is trying something that basically no one has ever accomplished for a franchise with a track record of pooping on itself every chance it gets. Like I said, grab your popcorn. The 440 is built every morning by the Kingston Group, Nashville's award-winning, locally-owned, custom home and remodeling firm. Here's the deal. If you like the show, go check out the website, buildkg.com, because they support this show. And if you like this show, then I'm just going to tell you straight, you need to go check them out. I am not asking you to spend any money or sign over your firstborn here. I'm just saying these guys do killer work. And when you are in the market for a new custom home or talking with the family about a major remodel, all you need to remember is the Kingston Group. That's buildkg.com. So you got college basketball, you got the Nashville Predators, you got the NHL, you got the NBA, you got the Grizzlies on a winning streak, you got the NFL playoffs. That is one hell of a weekend. So everybody enjoy yourself. Kick your feet up. Have a cocktail. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you all for listening. This has been the 444 Friday, January 15th. The 440 is a production of 440 Media, written and produced by Braden Gall, music by William Tyler.